Well, good morning, City Light Church. My name is Mo. I have quite the reverb coming back here. Uh, man, I just want to acknowledge, man, this is great. We are here to worship our King. We're here to praise our King for what He's doing in and through our church. And so thank you for coming to the 8 a.m. That's a big deal. 8 a.m. is important. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I know there are families, literally, between the couple that have only attended a gathering five times this summer since we launched, launched this location. And so, man, we're, this makes it possible for them to actually attend a gathering on a regular basis. So thank you uh, for serving your, your family, but also serving the king uh, by being here at this time. Uh, last week, we uh, finished up, closed out our core values series, right? And so uh, we know what our core values are. We know what marks us as a trait, as a family, and uh, we know our character traits, right? So that's a good thing. We'll continue to refer to those things on and on and on again because that, it helps give definition to who we are as a family, how we function together. But it's also fitting that today we get to actually do something a little bit different, okay? We're going to do one more topical sermon, and I promise we're going to jump into a book next week. We'll kick off Hebrews, I promise. Uh, But we're going to do one more topical sermon, hallelujah. Uh, (laughs) And and, and so it's fitting that we would do a a sermon on our purpose as a church, our our mission. And so today we're going to talk about our mission statement. So City Light Lincoln Church, uh, its mission is we exist to glorify God, to uh, multiply Jesus-centered disciples and churches. That's why we're here. That's why we exist as a church. That's our purpose. That's our mission. And so let me ask you, okay, so what's, what, what is Chipotle? Like who is Chipotle, right? Like what's their mission? What are they all about? Well, they're about burritos, right? Like they, they're, they make healthy fast food burritos for you to come and enjoy. And that's, that's what they're about. They're kind of a Mexican food, kind of not. It's weird, but like, that's what they are, right? Uh, What about Nike? What's the First thing that comes to mind with Nike, well, it's, it's sports gear, it's shoes, it's military-grade boots um, for our military, and their slogan is, just do it, right? Like, that's their slogan uh, uh, for Nike. And, and what about Walmart? Well, we know what Walmart is, right? Walmart's Walmart. It, it makes cheap things even cheaper so that we can purchase them and then throw them away a couple weeks later. Like, that's, that's Walmart. It's distinct. That's who they are. It's okay. Like, they don't try to be something that they're not. And then the last one, what about Chick-fil-A like doing we, we know Chick-fil-A right like if you live in South Lincoln at all you know Chick-fil-A because you have to wait in line for 40 minutes before you get a chicken sandwich but nonetheless we know Chick-fil-A so what are they about well they're about chicken right like we know that they're about chicken they uh, in fact their slogan if is eat more chicken like they're known for chicken well what else are they known for though well, maybe. <laughs> that was amazing. No, yes, they're also known for Jesus. She's right. Uh, the, the founders know Jesus. They play Christian music throughout. But another thing that they're known for is great service, right? Like their staff are always coming, grabbing your tray, taking your food, and, and, and refilling your drink. And my favorite thing of all is that I try to say thank you as many times as possible so I can just hear the words, my pleasure, right? Like, like that's what they're, they're known for. And, and so what... Wh- We know what they're known for, but what about the church? What is the church known for? What distinguishes the church from everything else? What what, what are they known for? And and specifically, what is City Light Church about? What are we about? Well, let's take a look at our mission statement and figure that out, okay? So our mission statement is we exist to glorify God by multiplying Jesus-centered disciples in churches. And so, so to bring clarity right away from the jump, 
This is not largely about what we do or don't do, but this is about who we are in God and how he's forming and shaping this family. That, that's what this is. This is more about our purpose, our mission, and less about what we do. And, and so God is making us worshipers who, who live to glorify him. That, that's, that's the call as the church is that we would be disciples who multiply disciples who multiply disciples. And the reason why we do that. First and foremost, the Bible tells us that that's what we're called to, but then that's also been our experience, that we see us as worshipers who glorify God with our life. We experience it, we see it in and through other people, and so often when you think of a mission statement, what, you, what we usually come to mind is either it's this, this statement that's made that's unattainable, right, or it's something that we need to work really hard to measure up to, or in, in the case of the unattainable, it's like, man, it's an unattainable goal, but man, we're going to pull up our bootstraps and try to get as close as possible, right? Like that's, that's usually what we think of in the mission statement. But man, let me tell you, that's, that's not the goal this morning. My, my goal this morning is not for you to walk away saying, man, we got to work harder to, to obtain our mission statement. My goal this morning is that we would allow God to transform us as a family, as a church, as we focus on Jesus, as we fix our eyes on our Savior, as we behold him and not look to our behavior modification in order to get there. Amen. And so let's look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. We're going to have it on the screen. It is kind of the foundational like passage for us to kind of give us the main thrust for this. It says, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to, the, to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So how do we do it? How do we glorify God? How do we start out in our mission well, it says, man, as followers of Jesus, it's the Spirit of God who transforms us. It transforms us into the image of Jesus, and, and that's our focus, right? So our primary focus isn't uh, to look at ourselves and say, okay, well, we don't measure up, so let's clean it up, right? Like, that's, that's not the focus of this. This is by beholding and looking and fixing ourselves on Jesus, the Spirit of God will transform us into being who he's created us to be as a church. And honestly, we're, we, we are created, as the mission statement says, to glorify God. You see, we don't, we don't empower ourselves. In fact, we are powerless to change our own hearts or change the hearts of other people. So that's a dead end for us. We must depend on the Spirit coming into our life and transforming us. You see, we can't, we can't will ourselves to being more like Christ. We can't will ourselves to doing that, but the Spirit of God can. Right, And so it's really a passive thing on our part. Yes, yes, we intentionally, uh, by grace-driven effort, move toward Christ, but it's the Spirit of God that actually transforms our heart. And so let's, let's look at the first half of our mission statement. We exist to glorify God. So it makes it clear right out the gate, right? Why do we exist? To glorify God, to magnify him, to give him praise, to give him honor. We are God's people made for him and made for through him as well, right? Like he, he has created us, and so we also glorify him. Now, with that, why do we glorify him? Well, a, a part of that is also the fact that we've seen Jesus do it too, right? Like that's, that's why Jesus came. He said, I came from the Father to glorify him. In John 17, 4, it says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. And so in likeness, because we are God's blood-bought people by Jesus, we also glorify God. We join Jesus in continuing that work. And, and so, so why do we exist to glorify God is, is, a, is a good question to start with with that. Well, we exist to glorify God because of his glory. Because he is worthy of it, because, because we exist to glorify God because he is glorious, right? Like that's a part of who he is. God's glory is, is, is just found all over scripture. If you look at scripture, it's actually a really big deal. 
Uh, if you look at Moses, Exodus 33, it says, show me your glory. Like he's pleading with the Lord, show me your glory. And Jesus says, like, I'm going to kill you if that happens, so let me help you out there. But in John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory. But, but what is that glory, right? Like, what, what is the glory of God? Well, it's his magnificence. It's his beauty. It's his infinite, indescribable beauty. It's the goodness of God. That's what the glory of God. It is who he is. Isaiah 6, 3 says, And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You see, these angels are crying out, holy, holy, holy. God is so set apart, so distinct, so different than anything else, so much so that his glory fills the entire earth. That's what the glory is. John Piper, a pastor in Minnesota, puts it this way. He says, the glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of his holiness. It is the way he puts his holiness on display for people to apprehend, to grasp his glory. Another theologian describes God's glory this way. The glory of the Lord is the expression of God's person, of who he is. Glory is any manifestation of God's character, any manifestation of his attributes in the world, in the universe. So in other words, glory is to God as brightness is to the sun. Glory is to God as wetness is to water. Glory is to God as heat is to fire. Glory is the product of God's presence. It's the revelation of itself. It's him coming public with his infinite value, infinite glory, infinite beauty. So then how do we know that he's actually glorious, though? Like, how do we know that God is actually glorious? Well, he reveals it in all different kinds of ways, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to two primary ways, primary means by which God shows that he is glorious. Uh, and the first one is that he shows it through creation. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You see, we, we look up in the sky, and there's billions of stars, right? There's, there's, there's millions of galaxies. There's, there's, there, it almost seems infinite. It's so big, so huge. And, 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 and the world would say that it came out in a big bang randomly. And we would know that if it did come from a big bang, it was not random. It was characterized, created, uh, imagined by God, breathed through, orchestrated by God himself. And it's beautiful, he created gravity. He created the order. And it's so amazing. He, 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 you could see his glory through the stars, through the mountains, through the different seasons, except for winter, of course. Uh, and, in, and, you know, in, in these things, we see how big the universe is, right? And all of this points to the power, in, power and glory and the bigness of our God. We see how God is a God of order and a God of creativity and design and beauty and power. And creation... We see the massive creativity of God, and we also see the fact that we had nothing to do with it. We had nothing to do with it. We don't carry that kind of power. So in seeing that, we are also reminded of how teeny tiny small we are. We're one of seven billion people on this planet. One, seven billion. This is the one of the smallest planets in our galaxy. And our galaxy is the smallest galaxy in the entire universe from what we can see now. And there's lots of them. And so we're just a speck on the radar of the universe. Amen? And so we see how tiny, small we are. But the only purpose behind that is so we can see how massive and glorious our God is. It points to him. It points to his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy, his beauty. 
in the second way that we get to see that, and this, and this is the more beautiful in my mind, in my heart, it's through Jesus. We get to see that through Jesus. In Hebrews 1.3, it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his word, by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the full representation of God. Jesus is the perfect representation of God. He is perfect. He is holy. He is loving. He is gracious. He is mighty. He is powerful. Uh, Jesus shows God's character in how he came in flesh and dwelt among man. And not only did he dwell among man, he healed men. He befriended men. He, he taught men. And then catch this. Jesus, who never sinned, was crucified on the cross for our sin. That's glorious. That's what is beautiful. He died to pay for our sins. He died the judgment that we deserved. And that's the beauty. That's the glory. You see, God is a just God. And he took his innocent son and crucified him so that, he, so that we might be justified before him. He didn't, he didn't like shirk responsibility for being just. He didn't ignore sin just by waving a wand. No, he had to punish sin and he put it on his son. You see, creation and Jesus display God's glory in a beautiful and ever-expanding way. And our call, our call as followers of Jesus is to join in. It's to join in with Jesus and creation and glorifying God. We exist to glorify God. That's the point, is to, to glorify and show people his goodness, his beauty, his holiness, his love, his grace, his majesty. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six says it this way. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. You see, God is the source by which all things come. He's the means by which all things happen. And he is the goal toward which all things are moving toward. God is the goal. He's the originator, the sustainer, and the finisher of everything. And so because of this, he rightly deserves glory. He rightly deserves honor and praise for everything. So to be clear... Us glorifying God actually doesn't make him more glorious. In, in fact, nothing we can do can ever take away or add to God's glory. He is already glorious. We're just figuring it out and realizing it and displaying that reality. That's all we get to play a part in. But glorifying God is the point. That's why we were created. He created us for his glory. He saved us for his glory. He is transforming and changing us as a body of believers for his glory. And so when we talk about glorifying God, this is not just something we do. This is who we are. It's the essence of why we exist. Uh, this, is, this is why we're here in this room. This is our purpose. We are worshipers of our King. And so there are many ways that we can glorify God. But, but as City Light Church, we, we have one designated call here, and, and that's the, our call to glorify God through what? Multiplying. So, so let's, let's look at the second part of our mission statement. It says we exist to glorify God by multiplying. And so again, to, to, to bring glory to God, our primary way that we do that as City Light Church is through multiplication. By filling the earth with more glorifiers of Jesus, so to speak. And so how do we multiply? Well, well first we multiply disciples. But before I get there, I need to describe disciple 
Like, what is a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because there are lots of books on it, but let's go ahead and see what is actually making a disciple. Uh, I think many of us, when we think of a disciple, we just think of in terms of what we do or don't do, right? To be a disciple of Jesus means I used to drink a lot and now I don't, right? Or I, I, I used to do a lot of bad things, but now I don't. I used to read Harry Potter and now I memorize scripture. Like, there's lots of spectrum to that, and it's kind of odd how we come up with that. But, but Christianity is not about what we do, but what Christ has done for us. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's not behavior modification or being a good person. You see, this world would actually tell you that it's about you. This, the world would actually tell you that that's how you gain being their disciple. You see, like, if you want to be a college athlete, well, you, you have to be good enough to be a college athlete. You have to be a good enough athlete, have the talent, have the ability to be a college athlete. If you want to work for Huddle, it's the same thing. You have to have knowledge and wisdom and a specific expertise in order to be hired by them. But to be a disciple of Jesus is not done by you, but done by him, through him, and to him by his grace. That's how you become a disciple of Jesus. God made you a disciple. You didn't make yourself one. And so what makes you a, a disciple is Jesus' righteousness being poured out on you. We've been given this gift of new life and new breath through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so our only boast in being a disciple of Jesus is the fact that we get Jesus. Like, that's our boast, Christ himself, which is why if you look at the mission statement of City Light Church, we put these words put together. It says, Jesus-centered. Jesus-centered. See, it's not just any kind of disciple. It's not just any kind of church. No, it is a Jesus-centered disciple, a Jesus-centered church. We are not focused on behavior. You would know that. You've been here. If you've been here for any length of time, you know we're not about behavior modification. No, we're about the good news of Jesus Christ because we know that we're broken. We know that we're lost. We know that we're far off from God, and our only hope is through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so in that, we multiply other followers of Jesus Christ. Right? We, we multiply other Jesus-centered disciples. We do not earn being a disciple, but we live as being a disciple. And so we've been given this new gift, right? So we, we've been given this new gift of being a disciple, but, but the word disciple simply means learner, right? Like if you looked it up in the Greek, it simply means learner. But I, I like what Matt Chandler says. He's a pastor in Dallas, Texas. He says this, discipleship is the process of devoting oneself to a teacher to learn from and, this is the key part, become more like them. You see, a disciple is a learner, but not merely someone who memorizes some scripture and knows some facts about Jesus. No, a disciple is devoted to Jesus. We follow him. We become more like our teacher, and that teacher is Jesus. We as disciples are not just learning about Jesus, but we're devoting ourselves to him. So like I said earlier, we are worshipers. Our, our affections, our delights ought to be toward Jesus. We want to become more and more and more like him. Why? Well, we also answered that question, right? We, we answered that question. The reason why is to bring him glory. Jesus perfectly reflected the glory of God, and we get to take part in that as we become more like Jesus. We become better reflectors of God's glory. You see, there's, there's no room for, for, for merely believing some facts about Jesus and not following him at the same time. That's not actually what a disciple is. A disciple, you can't really believe in Jesus and have him as your Savior, but not also have him as your Lord. If our hearts are not actually growing in our love and affection for Jesus, in a genuine, growing desire to be more like him, he definitely isn't our Lord and he may not be our Savior either. You see, the Bible doesn't make space for that. It doesn't make space for just intellectually giving an assent to things that I believe to be true, and not actually being ruled and reigned by it. 
As disciples, we're to be devoted to Jesus, seeking to follow him, obey him, live like him more and more. And catch this. This is how we do that. Beholding Jesus. It's not saying, hey, let me turn around tomorrow and be awesome. LeBron James never did that, by the way. It took work, but that work was fixed on the goal. And for us, that goal is Jesus Christ. That goal is beholding him. And we, most of us don't actually have a knowledge problem but an affection problem. We, we know about Jesus, but we don't necessarily have an affection for him. And just for a second, I want to plead with you as the church Approach the throne of grace with boldness. Approach Jesus Christ. Behold Jesus. Let's not be a people who simply read our Bibles and then place Jesus on our proverbial shelf. Oh, Lord, may we be people who are growing in our affections for Jesus. May we be people who are not only faithful, but faith-filled people. That's who God is calling us to be. Faith-filled people, trusting in Jesus, beholding in Jesus. So Jesus has made us disciples and then sent us to make disciples, right? As, as we live out who God has made us to be, God has made us his people who will multiply, right? So, so this, is, this has been God's plan and mission from the beginning is to send out folks so they might multiply. And so let me show you just a couple of places. Genesis 1.28, God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and do what? Multiply, fill the earth, right? Genesis 12, 1 through 2, God sent Abraham to be a blessing to other nations. That's multiplying himself. And then God the Father sends the Son, Jesus, to what? Multiply as well. And in fact, on his last words, before he ascended into heaven, he tells his disciples, Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples. Multiply, fill the earth. That's what he's been doing all along. That's a part of God's plan is to multiply, sending people out as he sent Jesus out. So God sends us, right? He sends us into the world so that others can come to know him and have an affection toward him and ultimately glorify him, right? So to know of his mercies, know of his grace, know of his love, but then also to display his glory through that. Jesus says that we are the salt and light of the world. That's what he says. He, he makes us that. He makes us the salt. He makes us the light. By his grace, he makes us disciples of him and send us out to multiply disciples who multiply disciples who multiply disciples. So, so a disciple that has centered their lives around Jesus, here's what it could look like. They're, they're learning to obey Jesus. We're learning to follow him, surrendering more and more of our life to him. We're surrendering our time to him. We're surrendering our finances to him. We're surrendering the way we live to him. Our passions are starting to go more and more toward him. And what will that produce? That will produce the disciples that multiply. That's what it will produce. Why? For his glory. That's the goal. The goal is to glorify God because of who he is and what he's done for us. You see, we're changed by him, and through that, through that changing, the response is that we'll give our lives over to him because he's, he's worthy of it. We see the power of the gospel in our life, and then we see the power of the gospel going forward in other people's lives. And so if God is at work in your life, well, you will be light. You will reflect Jesus' grace and glory to other people, and they'll start to notice that. They'll be drawn to your God because you reflect his glory. Now, see, I think sometimes we think that God's glory is mainly manifested through a dynamic meeting or gathering. But just know this. It has always, always, always been in and through people who go into their neighborhoods, their workplaces, their classrooms. And they honor and glorify God both in word and in deed. They preach the gospel. That's how we see God's glory getting, being multiplied in our city. Teachers, if you're a teacher, I want you to know. I want you to hear this, believe this in your heart. Jesus is doing a work in your school, and he's going to do it through you. 
He is at work at your school. If you work in the, in the business market, in the marketplace, I want to tell you Jesus is at work in, your, in your, your place of business. He wants to work in and through you. If you're a mom who stays at home, guess what? You are a disciple maker, a, a disciple multiplier, meaning not only in your neighborhood and at the parks, but also those little tiny disciples that you've been called to steward. That is the goal. God wants to use you to multiply disciples both in your home and outside of your home see multiplying disciples and teaching them to follow jesus while it is very good it is hard amen especially if you got kids um we it is so hard to multiply jesus disciples but here's the thing we don't follow jesus perfectly so that's not the standard actually the standard is not that we behavior modify those disciples to, to behave better but that we point them continually to jesus so that they might center their life around him God has placed you in a community, in this city, in this church, City Light, to multiply disciples. And you don't have to do it alone. Multiplying disciples is not a solo effort. No, we will be with you. You're not alone. We're your family. We will pray for you. We will encourage you. We will even go with you to multiply disciples. But one of the primary ways we do that is through our groups, right, through our city groups. And, and so we not only multiply disciples, but we also multiply groups of disciples, and so, like I said, for us, that starts with our city groups. Our city groups are mid-sized communities that come together, encourage one another, read from God's word, hear from Jesus, be grown in Jesus, pursue Jesus, but then ultimately be a community, a family that's on mission. So to be on mission together, we, we want to see people raised up and sent out. That is the goal. I'm unapologetically, look at Acts 15, 22. It says, then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barnabas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers. You see, they sent these dudes out so that they might reach new neighborhoods, new cities, and new people for the name of Jesus. Now, here's the thing I want to acknowledge. This is also hard. <laughs> it is hard to multiply our city groups. Uh, my city group, since its inception two years ago, actually over two years ago, has multiplied four times. And every single time that was difficult because we had to say gospel goodbyes to people that we love, that we cherish, that we, we want to be around, that we're comfortable with and admire. We, we love sticking together. That's, that's kind of a part of this family thing. We, we want to hold everything tightly. We love being around the people that we're comfortable with, that we love, that we appreciate. And so it comes at a real cost, right? Like, it's a, it's a real cost, but I want to tell us, church, man, it's worth, worth it. It's, it's well worth it. City groups are not primarily for you, but for you to give yourself away to others. That's what they're for. We want to see other people come to know Jesus, come to faith in Jesus, pursue Jesus, become more passionate for Jesus. And so city groups exist to glorify God by multiplying. And so because of my city group multiplying four times, well, guess what? More people have been brought into our family. More people have experienced authentic community. More people came to know Jesus because we multiplied. And we, we multiply groups of disciples so that other people might come to faith in Jesus. That is the goal in that, and that glorifies God. Not only do we multiply for that, but we also multiply city groups so that we might multiply churches. So let me just share a little bit of City Light's story as a whole. Um, so City Light Church started about five years ago in Omaha. It's City Light Midtown. 
Ah, there he is. Uh, about 2012, they started out actually with two yahoos who had no idea what they were doing, uh, named Chris and Gavin. Uh, but that group grew and multiplied into about 60 people as a core team, and then they became a full-size church, and they launched out uh, their, that core team into a church. And then just a couple years later, guess what they did? They multiplied. They multiplied in City Light Benson, so they sent real dollars, real people, real staff to City Light Benson so that they might reach another neighborhood for the gospel. And then not too much long later, they multiplied into Council Bluffs. They sent real dollars, real people, real staff to Council Bluffs, Iowa, of all places, to see a church grow and multiply. But it happened. They're they're a multiplying church. And then after that, guess what? Us. City Light Lincoln Church. Yes, come on. City Light Church was sent out. They sent Austin and and some real dollars for sure. And then they sent some crazy people who decided to move from Omaha to Lincoln in order for this church to be planted. In order to meet with eight people that were meeting in a living room praying that Jesus would do something special in our city. That's what happened. And guess what? He's doing that. He, He didn't just do it. He is doing it right now. We are a part of what Jesus is doing. Amen. And then it keeps going, by the way. City Light Omaha and Christ Community Church, which are both a part of our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, they both multiplied a church together called Providence Church in another neighborhood in Omaha. And then City Light Midtown multiplied into the West location that they now have back in February. And guess what happened after that? Well, we just decided to copy them, and we launched this location. Literally, you are here right now because other people have multiplied into this this building so that we might multiply into another location so that other people in a new neighborhood might meet Jesus. And then there's more. (laughs) Now, currently, right now, there are core teams being built and being formed to have City Light Kansas City in southwest Iowa. Like, we're starting to see the church multiply, all right? Like, that's a big deal. Look at this. This is incredible to see what Jesus is doing. It's amazing. We need to celebrate that Jesus is, we're a part of a multiplying movement. We're not just a part of our our little church, our little cul-de-sac in Lincoln. But no, we're a part of a multiplying movement that Jesus is pushing forward. And that's a beautiful thing. We are truly a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. It is beautiful. It's amazing. So, So now multiplication is in sending people out to plant churches, though. Hear this. I know it's hard. It's still hard. It's even, uh, and sometimes it's even more hard because we love addition, right? We like just making things bigger and bigger. We love seeing the bunch of baptisms. We love being able to see all the tangible effects of what Jesus is doing. And it's amazing, right? And so multiplication is tough. When we decided to launch this particular location, man, can I just confess it was hard? It was tough. Like, it was hard for me, and I know that it was hard for you as well. I know it was. In, in fact, it's probably hard right now, sitting at the 8 o'clock. You're like, I could be at Central right now. But know this, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful because we have encountered people to come to know Jesus because we've done so. We've seen other people meet Jesus more intimately before, before they did before because we multiply. So know this, yes, multiplication is hard and it's costly, but it's worth it. You see, we don't exist Unless some other church back when decides to say, hey, we are for God's mission of multiplying and we're going to send real dollars and real people and take the cost of multiplication so that others might encounter Jesus. That's why we do it. That's why we multiply. See, God's means for fulfilling the Great Commission and reaching the ends of the earth is actually through that. It's through Jesus-centered disciples multiplying disciples and Jesus-centered churches multiplying churches. That's what we see as the mission of God. 
And, and that's why we as City Light Church are committed to just that. We're committed to sending people, money, and resources to plant more churches, more locations, more disciples all over our city, but just not here, but to the ends of the earth. That is our commitment. Think about it. What would God do in our church? What could he do? Man, because I know, like, the temptation is just to manage this thing and make it bigger and make it bigger and, and, and not multiply, but we're committed to multiplication. And so God could use us to plant a church in Kearney. God could use us to plant a church in Waverly. God could use us to plant a church in Grand Island, Hickman, Colorado, California, and maybe even Bangkok. In just two days, my wife and I are headed out on a vision trip to a country in the former Soviet Union. We're going to be there for an entire week, and the purpose of being there is to talk about church planting in a place that is 0.03% Christian. What what, What would it look like if all of a sudden God would use our little bitty church to plant a church in this city? to plant a church in this country, to see the gospel move forward, to see God's glory manifested in this place, and in more places beyond that, right? Like, that's why we're here. That's why this is happening. And let me tell you this, people of God, this is not a full-time staff thing. This is not a pastor thing. This is a family thing that we would all be multiplying and being sent out on mission to see God's glory manifested in other places in the world. We will continue to send people. We will continue to send money. We will continue to spend time and energy on multiplication because that's why we're here. We exist to glorify God by multiplying Jesus-centered disciples in churches. And if you're here today, man, I'm sure this was a weird gathering for you, right? Like, <laughs> I just want to acknowledge that right off the gate. But, but guess what? The reason why you're here is because Jesus wants to save you. Jesus sent us into this neighborhood so that you might encounter him, so that you might experience his love, his affection, his grace. He sent his only begotten son, God did, in order to be crucified for your sin. And so you sit here now lost, far off from God, departed from God. You can't be better. You can't do gooder. You can't self-improve enough to encounter a relationship with God. No, there's only one way. See, that was the bad news. The bad news is that you can't get there on your own. But the good news is that you don't have to. Jesus came to you, came to us 2,000 years ago, died on the cross and took our sin on himself. The only thing that you have to do, and it's not a doing, is placing your faith in him. Saying, yes, Jesus, I did sin against you. I am not worthy to enter into your kingdom, but Jesus has made me worthy. Jesus' death was sufficient payment. We don't glorify God simply by learning some truths on a Sunday morning and and following some of the teachings, but centering our life on Jesus. That's the call. That's the call of a disciple. That's the call of City Light Church. And so my prayer, my ask this morning is that we would be a church that multiplies disciples in churches, that that would be the distinction of us for everybody. Like, think about it. When I mentioned Chick-fil-A, everybody in the room knew exactly who I was talking about, right? Like, they're distinct. They're about chicken. We can smell it. We can taste it in our mouth right now because we're thinking about it. It's closed on Sunday. Sorry. But, um, but we, we know what they're all about, right? Man, may it be so about us. May it be true of us that we're even more distinct, that the world would think that we're crazy because we're centering our life around Jesus and multiplication. May, my hope is that we would plead with Jesus over the lost people, not only in our city, but across the world, and that we would plead with Jesus to continue to do a work in our day, that he would continue to multiply disciples in churches so that other people might experience, come to know, and follow Jesus. Man, may we be people that never stop pleading for that. That's the beauty. It's not to show up on a Sunday morning and be entertained. It's not to be in a group of people who love you and care about you. No, it's, it's to multiply disciples in churches who center their lives around Jesus. 
That's what we're about. That's, what we, that's why we plant churches. That's why this church exists. And so, man, maybe we'd be faith-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered, word-centered, neighbor-loving people that Jesus is sending out. In closing, I want to read Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. To him be glory forever. Let that be true of us. Let that be true. And so as we come up, as we do every other week, as, as we take communion, man, let that be true of our hearts. Let that be something that's, that's deeply rooted in our hearts, that we, as we grab the bread and dip it in the juice, that we remember that our God did, in fact, was sent out to us. He, he, he was sent out so that he might multiply his glory through the body being broken, the blood being shed of Jesus. Man, remember that and just take it to heart because that is why we're here. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to see Jesus' glory proclaimed. Amen? Let's pray.